What makes HWC a unique engineering firm in the state of Indiana is that HWC has a dedicated team of economic development professionals coming from former local government roles, former AIM positions, or former elected official positions. The individuals at HWC bring to the table a better and broader understanding of municipal needs, as well as your needs as leaders of cities and towns. HWC Engineering would love to get to know you and work with you on your next project. Please reach out to Josh Good at 317-646-2288 or at jgood, J-G-O-O-D-E, at hwcengineering.com. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Hi, and welcome to the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. Uh, today's guest is an MVP. I'm guessing he probably doesn't know why, uh, but this gentleman is a statewide elected official and came to our AIM Ideas Summit a couple of months ago. The summit is our annual conference. You know, he spoke to a group of mayors. He participated in workshops. I saw him walking around nonstop, chatting with folks throughout the conference, got to know us as a, an organization in a, a grassroots way. Uh, our guest today is State Treasurer Dan Elliott. Dan, welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. Treasurer uh, Elliott, we are a little a bit informal here, informal here, so I'm not going to read your bio or, or get into a, a number of different things about you, but a, a few things that really stood out to me. Um, you know, first, I think, as many of us know, you, you chair the state bond bank. Uh, you're the state E911 board, Education Savings Authority, ABLE Authority, and as a sole trustee of the state uh, police pension trust. So it's a you know a really amazing uh, wide range of duties uh, that you have as being the state treasurer. But talk a little bit about your background and, and how you got to this position. And then we'll get into some of your uh, accomplishments so far in duties as the state treasurer. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the time. And yeah, you're right. The uh, treasurer's office, I tell everyone, is probably one of the most underrated state offices uh, out there because we do touch on so much, uh, which is for me very exciting because I, I really have a lot of fun at my job and I get to do something very different uh, every hour, every day. Um, a little bit about my background when it comes to uh, uh, public service. Um, this is my first time being in a full-time public service uh, opportunity. Uh, before that, a, a small business owner for 15 years, uh, 25 years of my professional career in software uh, and uh, uh, cybersecurity. But uh, about 10 years ago, like many folks in, in local communities, I, I thought, you know, I'd like to get involved in my local community. I'd like to start helping. I got involved in our redevelopment commission. I was the president of that redevelopment commission for nine years. Uh, I uh, also ran for county council and uh, was a county councilman for many years. So uh, for me, local government is uh, was very exciting. You know, building a wastewater treatment facility, it's never going to get you on the front page news, but it has 
it has a huge impact. Uh, one of the things that I'm very particularly proud of when I was in local government was that uh, building out a wastewater treatment facility in an area that was probably one of the uh, poorest areas, according to the census block in our entire county. And uh, we, the school had a failing mound system. There was just, there weren't a lot of opportunities there. We built that out and now there's an interchange there. It's growing like crazy. We have a huge park there. The schools actually been, uh, uh, issues have been resolved. And then one of the things I was speaking to the governor yesterday and got to kind of do a little brag as a nerd, as a software engineer, even though I live in rural Indiana, I had the, um, you know, when I first got involved in local government, I really wanted to improve the broadband footprint of my rural county in Morgan County. And uh, um, so when I started, it was about 25% of Morgan County was uh, broadband capable. By the time I left and began this opportunity to stay treasurer, 85% of Morgan County had broadband capabilities. So I look at that and thinking that that kind of work, that's what I enjoy. And as state treasurer, I get to continue that. Now I get to help communities throughout the state of Indiana. So I'm I'm really excited for the opportunity to serve. So I mean, obviously, local governments now are your customers in the in, in a real way. So I, I would think that that past experience has really helped you understand the needs that your office provide or the services you provide provides and the needs that many local governments are are wanting. How does that back and forth work and how's that helped you? Well, I'll tell you how that's really helped me. And you're absolutely right. Because of my uh, local government background, I know that my focus needs to be local governments, as, as specifically oftentimes rural governments uh, and rural communities. And um, so how that specifically applies is when I first became treasurer, I'd only been treasurer for a couple of weeks when the legislative sessions got started. I had this idea, um, being familiar with, with how bonding works and how we need to fund projects, the Indiana Bond Bank, which I'm the chair of, the Indiana Bond Bank only had the ability to bond out to like 10 years. That's not sufficient to do a lot of serious projects. And yep. so I knew that that wasn't good enough. I went to the legislators, legislators and I said, I'd like to be able to bond up to 25 years. Of course, when I say 25 years, everyone who's in local government is thinking TIF. And that's absolutely right, because I knew that was a key tool that local governments used. Uh, whether it be TIF, whether it be whatever form of bonding, 20 and 25 years is what we needed. I took that to the General Assembly. Uh, fortunately, when I shared that idea with the General Assembly, many of these individuals uh, who are our, our state senators and state representatives had also been in local government. So they heard that and they said, yeah, that makes sense. And so we passed it. And I just got a report today from uh, the bond bank. As of the end of November, we will have, in these few months that we've had this authority, we will have done 24 projects throughout the state of Indiana in only a few months period of time. So that's awesome. it, is, it is fantastic. And you can see when you were talking about the fact that during AIM, I was uh, in the hallway, we called it uh, having all these hallway meetings. It was literally talking to folks who needed help and seeing how we could help them. Well, maybe the next time uh, some legislators bring up a TIF issue, we might have to bring you in and, and uh, have, have you have a conversation with some of those folks. Um, just kidding, we won't do that. But, uh, you know, I know there are a, a number of different programs that 
local governments, cities and towns in our case, use at the bond bank. You know, I remember when I first started, times were not as good economically, and a lot of communities came to you for tax anticipation notes to the bond bank and things like that. But what are some of the services that uh, the treasurer's office through the bond bank and other programs offers to, to local governments? So of course we still do that. We still, we still help with uh, when we're trying to help fund a, a bridge, a, a funding period. But the, a lot of the, what we're doing is your bread and butter projects uh, in Delaware County. We put together a program for a new wastewater treatment facility. So that's, you know, that's a project we're working on right now. Uh, in Zionsville, they purchased a new park and they're building a new park. So we are doing that. In Blackbird County, we're doing courthouse renovations. Um, so across the state, we are, you know, we're able to look at any of those projects and say, okay, here's an opportunity to you know for you to be able to use the bond bank and frankly we you know because this is our sole focus we were able to get better rates than a lot of a, a lot of what you would find on the open market um and what's also beautiful about it is how fast because if you if you know typically if you're going to go out and bond for a big project you have to go through a, a, a lot of hoops one of those hoops that takes a while is the bond rating process just takes time uh for us you're when you come to us the bond we're pooling all these bonds so the bonds are going to be pooled based on the state of indiana not on individual community so we don't have to go through that process so it takes about six weeks from the app time you turn in that application to the time that you get funding which is incredibly uh condensed compared to what would happen in a in another situation so the, those are kind of the, you know, so when I say projects, whatever your, whatever the project of that local community is, whether it be infrastructure, whether it be helping renovate a, a courthouse uh, or a city hall, uh, a park, all of these things fall within our jurisdiction and we're able to, we're able to meet those needs. One of the things that we're looking at for the future, we're not there yet, but we're, we are looking at the future, which is a very, uh, important issue to me as well as to our local governments is we also want to figure out a way to help fund cybersecurity initiatives because that is a huge issue uh, i mean i recognize because i was there um, a lot of local governments they don't have the expertise they don't have the they're not quite sure how to fund that um, and they're looking for avenues and i'm i'm working with the i'm now a member of indiana's executive council on cybersecurity um, i i see that as a big need that we've got to tackle. And uh, we want to make sure we're right there at front and center helping local governments find those. There may be other projects that, or other initiatives that we haven't even thought about yet. That's where that interplay with, with uh, mayors and city council members is important and town council members, because then they can tell us, hey, we have a need here and it's not being addressed. That's great to uh, call on your, your own personal background to bring some expertise to that area too, it sounds like. Um, maybe transition just a little bit to Trust Indiana. Trust Indiana has been around for a while now. It's, it's a, a great investment program. I know I'm probably going to oversimplify what it is, but maybe have you just talk a little bit about that and, and what that means to cities and towns around the state or all local governments. I'm so glad you brought that one up. Uh, uh, Trust Indiana is 
Right now, clerk treasurers across the state are being able to are able to come to their town council or their city council and do something they haven't done in a very, very long time. Um, they're able to say, wow, our invest investments are making money. Um, unfortunately, because of the low interest rates in the past, typically, you know, we were getting as communities, maybe 1% would, you know, if that, you know, and it just, it was a struggle. And, and I remember in, in city of Martinsville, um, just seeing the clerk treasurer say, well, you know, we're not really getting a lot, you know, and, and it's pretty much stable and that's fine, but that's just, who wants to be that clerk treasurer giving a report saying that the investments aren't making any money. Now it's completely different. Uh, at, uh, at last time I looked, it was 5.36. It's probably even more now. Um, clerk treasurers and county treasurers across the state are now reporting hundreds of thousands of dollars of returns on their investment. Um, I went to go visit a treasurer recently, and the first thing she wanted to do is show me her spreadsheet and her spreadsheet from year to year, how she was only making about $40,000 every year. And in this year alone, she's made over 700,000, almost a million dollars. And I look at that and I'm like, that, that is an exciting opportunity because that takes pressure off of the council members from having to raise taxes because you're able to use this money to pay for services that goes right into the general fund. Um, one of the key things I really wanna brag about that we're doing in Trust Indiana that is gonna be rolled out here at the end of the year. And this is huge. Um, I just had mentioned earlier about my, uh, my background in cybersecurity, my concerns about the needs of local governments on how to deal with cybersecurity issues. We are creating a lot of cybersecurity tools built around Trust Indiana to protect the investments of local governments and local municipalities. What's wonderful about that is that you're now going to get, in when it comes to Trust Indiana and your investments, you're going to get top of the line cybersecurity right there, right away. And it doesn't cost the local governments a dime. That's uh, investments that we put into this with our, our business partners to make sure those tools are rolled out. Multi-factor authentication, intrusion protection, all these things rolled out. Obviously, it doesn't apply to other forms of local government, but it does apply to your Trust Indiana accounts. Good stuff. Um, State Treasurer Dan Elliott joining us here on the Hometown Innovations Podcast. What is one other thing that you really wish more folks knew about what your office does that we haven't yet talked about today? Well, one of the things that we haven't talked about today that uh, it's very unique to the state of Indiana. No other treasurer does this. And I get to brag about this everywhere I go, especially if I'm visiting with other state treasurers, is uh, 911. Our office runs 911. I'm the chair of the 911 board. That is the uh, system that we utilize for um, uh, emergency uh, services across the state of Indiana. And it is a unique opportunity. And, I, and I, one of the things I truly believe was important that years ago when they put this under the treasurer's office is they wanted to have an elected official accountable to the people for, the, for this program. Otherwise it gets lost in the governor's office. Not that the governor's office wouldn't put a lot of attention to it, but it becomes one department in multiple departments. What's really exciting for me, again, going to the fact that I will freely admit I'm a nerd, um, going back to the fact that being that I have this background in, in technology, 
the 911 network is a big network. And uh, the very first meeting I had with our engineers, the fact that I even knew what they were talking about just floored them because they'd never had a treasurer who actually understood TCP IP protocols and cybersecurity risks and all the things that they were doing physically to make sure that we have a top-notch 911 system. Now, 911 allows text, so you can text 911. That, that has all sorts of implications. Maybe somebody's incapacitated, can't speak. Maybe, maybe they're frightened and they, and they need to keep their voice low. It allows all sorts of opportunities. And now we even have video abilities. So that way, if you needed to, to, to share that video with a first responder, which could be life-saving. And one of my favorite things that no one knows about, but it's there already, translation services. So that way, if you have someone, let's say, let's say they speak, I don't know, you, you pick the language, Serbian, you know, the, the translation services will start hearing who they are. They will send that out to, to uh, multiple uh, translators instantly those translators will be able to say, oh, yes, this is Serbian. We can, I can speak this language to this person, and they will be able to help them in their time of need. Because, you know, and I've seen this happen in situations I, uh, where there'd be an emergency need and there wasn't anyone who could speak that language. So these are, these are tools that are already there. There's no additional fees, costs. There's no additional anything. This is part of the of the process. And this allows local governments, mayors and others to say, look, here's what, what you have as part of your 911 services within your own communities. That's really cool. I just learned something. I, I guess I'd always thought about the language barrier on a 911 call, but I hadn't thought about the, the, the way it would need to be addressed, the network that would be required with so many different people from all walks of life living, uh, living in our communities these days. It's, it's really, Critical service, obviously. Um, you, you alluded to this just a little bit. I was going to ask you a question. I, I've seen where you're pretty active already in your national organization of state treasurers around the country. And, and you mentioned one program that no other state has. But what have you been able to learn from other folks around the country that have your job? And, and how do we stack up uh, in the state treasurer rankings nationwide? <laughs> well, um, I've, I've been very fortunate. Uh, have, I've only been in the office uh, uh, 10 months. Well, actually, starting my month 11 right now. Uh, uh, I've had the opportunity to get to know uh, in, in very good terms many of the state treasurers throughout the state of Indiana. Uh, we are part of, uh, of an, a national association. Well, I, I'm, I'm assuming they like me because I ask a lot of questions. And uh, and especially from those that are, have been around for a while. So just last month, I was elected as the Midwest Vice President of the National Association of State Treasurers. So uh, the comment was made, well, you ask so many questions, we figure we might as well give you something to do. And I'm <laughs> like, OK. Uh, and uh, so that means I have the respect of my peers. Uh, I do ask them uh, what are their best practices and whether they're you know, whatever side of the aisle they're on has been irrelevant because 95% of the work we do is very similar. Um, I do know that, uh, so for instance, in California, the state treasurer and I had met together because they're interested in using um, the Indiana, bond, uh, they're seeing what we do with the Indiana Bond Bank and seeing if they couldn't create their own version of the bond bank in California. Ohio is looking at, at using their bond bank and doing some similar things that we're doing on our bond bank with their bond bank. 
So it's really neat for us. Actually, they don't have a bond bank in Ohio. They're looking to start one up. It's really neat to see some of these things that we kind of take for granted that we do all the time, but also see other states say, okay, we like that idea. You guys seem to have this, you know, can you do, you know, how do we implement that? And what I've also learned from my federal state treasurers is uh, some great ideas of best practices on things that we could do in Indiana to, to try to improve our process and try to improve how we get services out to our local communities. Great answer. You know, we, we run a membership-based organization and, and we love folks like you that are eager and, and willing to engage and, and bring a lot to the table. So thank you for, for doing that. Last question uh, for our state treasurer, uh, Daniel Elliott. Who has better cowboy boots? You or the governor? Me, no doubt. All right, and I can explain it. He and I just met yesterday and talked about cowboy boots. Um, the difference between me and governor is my cowboy boots are for actual riding on horses. So. <laughs> oh, I like it. A little dig at the governor. Oh, you know what? I, I, I love the governor. Mine aren't as fancy, but, you know, I can go jump on a horse right off the bat as soon as I get home. So, Perfect answer. Uh, time to wrap up. But before we sign off today, I'd like to stay on for just a few more seconds to hear a promo for Ames' new podcast, Run Like a Girl. Treasurer Elliott, thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, good luck in everything you're doing. And thank you uh, for all the service you're providing to cities, towns, and counties, and many others around the state. Thank you for the opportunity. Hi, I'm Jennifer Simmons with AIM. I've never run for office, but I am a girl who's been in public service for most of my 30-year career. I've watched the gradual, sometimes snail-like pace of women rising into high-ranking government positions. In recent years, though, that tide has been turning, and the number of women running for office and winning is higher than we've ever seen. AIM CEO Matt Greller and the AIM Board of Directors have made it a priority to promote municipal government leadership among women. Our new AIM podcast, Run Like a Girl, will shatter the myths about female leaders, dig deep into their challenges and advantages, understand what resources are needed to attract more women to these roles, and most importantly, take back the misconception that running like a girl is a bad thing. Because running like a girl is badass. Join us once a month starting this winter to hear guests from all walks of Hoosier Public Service. And who knows, maybe someday you, your daughter, your wife will run like a girl too.